Welcome, everyone, to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. For those of you that are new to the podcast, I'm a financial advisor in St. Louis, Missouri, where I help clients all over the country plan for a successful retirement. Now, there's a lot of things that go into the smart planning that we do when it comes to planning for a successful retirement. Maybe it has to do with tax planning. That's certainly a component. We want to make smart choices with our income taxes so we don't get killed every year by making dumb tax decisions. That's one component. Another component is your 401k, your IRAs, Roth IRAs, all the retirement accounts that you have been saving and investing all these years to help fund the retirement of your dreams. So we want to make sure we're making smart investment decisions when it comes to your retirement accounts. We want to make sure your beneficiary planning is something that we have addressed. So when this ride is over, your money is going to the people and causes that you care about and most tax efficiently. Health insurance is another important consideration when it comes to retirement planning. How are you going to pay for it? What's the best option for you, especially if you're not yet eligible for Medicare? And what about risk management or insurance planning? Do you really need life insurance in retirement? Some people do, some people don't, depending on their situation. And what about long-term care insurance? Is that too expensive? And do you and potentially your spouse even need long-term care insurance to begin with? Because you don't want to be paying for something that you don't need. These are just a few of the topics that I discuss with current clients, and that's why I put together the Retirement Made Easy podcast to hopefully share these conversations and stories where my listeners can learn to plan for a better future for themselves. If you have questions that I can help with, I would love to give you my best advice. You can find me on my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. That's retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. At the bottom, you can send me your questions. It'll say, ask Greg a question, and I'd be happy to get back with you. While you're browsing on the website, I would encourage you to check out my free resources that I make available to everybody for free. I don't bombard you with spam or any of that kind of stuff. You can check out my retirement budgeting tool that's there. I have my 2020 tax planning guide available for free. My couple's guide to a dream retirement. That's very, very popular. And then my famous retirement secret sauce is there right on the website. So check it out, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. So this episode, I wanted to talk about this whole idea of getting in and out of the stock market. Essentially, knowing when's the time to get out and then back in and jumping in and out, kind of like jumping in and out of a pool. And I had a really nice conversation with a listener of the podcast that was listening to another, maybe it was a podcast host or somebody else that was in the financial profession that was essentially promising this strategy where you can jump in and out of the market and that their strategy was, it was brand new, but they were trying to time when you get in the market and when to be out of the market. So when that storm comes, you can see this, the clouds on the horizon and say, okay, now's the time we need to get out. And whenever the skies have cleared, 
maybe we can jump back in the market and be invested at that point because the seas are calm, it's a sunny day, that's the time to invest. And unfortunately, yeah, that sounds like a very rosy story, but very few, and I'm in this industry, so I see all the money managers, all the wealth managers, no one has been able to, in all my research, do that successfully. They call that tactical management, meaning trying to time the market when to get in, when to get out. And if we think about that, why is that so difficult to do? Well, they don't ring a bell at the top and they don't ring a bell at the bottom of the stock market when the market hits the bottom. We don't know where the top is and where the bottom is. And you will drive yourself crazy trying to try to predict a top and bottom of the market, and it's useless. It's just useless thinking. And I'll give you a perfect example. During COVID last year, the start of 2020, the market And by the stock market, I mean the S&P 500 index. Within 33 days, 33 calendar days, the market had dropped 34%. That's over about a percent a day during that period. That's a huge drop. In 33 days, the market dropped 34%. And people were selling. They were going nuts. I mean, they didn't know how bad this COVID, this pandemic was going to get. But what happened is the market actually bottomed on March the 23rd, and a lot of people had sold out of the market out of fear, right? And they had put their money into maybe money market or CDs or something like that. And what happened is, is 59 days later, that 34% deficit, they were back up to normal. The market recovered within 59 days. Now, no one would have predicted or no one can predict that it's going to recover that fast. That typically doesn't happen. However, if you think about it, trying to get in the market at the right time and out of the market at the right time and then back in the market at the right time is nearly impossible because you have to be right not only when you get in, but when you get out and then back in. And if you look at all the studies out there, there are countless studies or that the people that try to do this, they're unsuccessful. They actually have negative performance, a lot worse performance than if they just stuck with the solid investment plan that they had to begin with. And that's why trying to time the market, it's a recipe for failure. I think a much better strategy is not trying to time the market day to day or day trading or any of that kind of stuff, but knowing that, okay, we know there's going to be a market correction. Some people call it a market crash. So we don't know when it's going to happen, but we know sometime in the future, it's kind of inevitable. It's kind of natural for that to happen. And some people say it's actually healthy. So if we know it's going to happen, but we don't know when, then we need to set up someone's portfolio to account for that, to kind of plan ahead. It's kind of like the people, I mean, if you live in, and my heart goes out to those people that live in Louisiana or along the coast, when that hurricane comes, man, it is just so damaging and just disastrous. But if you're going to live down there, you know that, okay, hurricanes happen. We know historically when they happen and you don't know when it could be at any time and you have very, very little notice, but you need to have an emergency plan in place. Just like the people in, they say Oklahoma is kind of a tornado alley in that region. Well, a lot of those people have storm shelters or these tornado bunkers installed maybe on the side of their home or in their yard that in the case of a tornado, 
tornado or a bad storm emergency, they can go there for shelter. Again, they don't know when the storm is coming, but they know it's highly likely, so they need to have a plan of action. What do we do? It's the same thing with your retirement planning. You need to account for these types of events, these market corrections, because you know at some point they're coming, but what are you going to do when it gets here? And this whole idea of, and I know I'm talking about a lot of storms here, for examples, but the whole idea of jumping out of the market to avoid the storm is just not a wise decision because you don't know when the storm is over with and no one can time it. Because like I said, the market recovered so quick, again, during COVID 2020, from the bottom of March 23rd, it took 59 days for the market to fully recover. That's not a lot of time less than two months, and the market, it gained back that 34% that it had lost. So a proper portfolio is going to account for that. I think a well-diversified and well-positioned portfolio is going to help you accomplish your particular goals in retirement and be well thought out because you know the rainy days are coming, they're inevitable, but it's kind of like those ships that you see that are on the coast Yeah, they're safest in the harbor, but they're actually built to ride the waves and withstand all the weather and the storms and things like that. So you kind of want to have an all-weather portfolio that's going to get you through not only the sunny days, but also the rainy days as well. So I want to thank the gentleman who had emailed me about this whole idea of timing the market, when to get in, when to get out, because I really enjoyed the conversation I had with him. I think he learned a lot. And again, the story sounds good. If you could, if it was possible of being able to get out at the top and back in at the bottom, but you got to be right twice. And very few, if any people have ever been able to do that. And no one has been able to do that consistently. The whole idea of a long-term diversified portfolio that's meant for a 30-year, even 40-year retirement is simply to have patience, let time work for you. And yes, you might have to adjust the sales as your goals change to make sure you're staying on course. So I hope that has helped a lot of you that have ever been wondering about, is that even possible, the whole idea of market timing? And it's, the story sounds great, but no one's been able to do it. I don't think anybody's going to be able to do it because you have to be right twice and it just doesn't happen. And then there was another conversation that I had with a listener named Jill. Now, Jill and her husband were very bright people. They had been saving in their 401ks. They were getting close to retirement. And they even had a sizable 529 college savings plan that they had invested for their daughter who was still finishing college. They were thinking, okay, we get our daughter through college, and as long as our retirement, we have enough saved to be able to fund our lifestyle in retirement, well, house will be paid off. We'll be able to afford a a nice retirement that we've always dreamed of. Their children were raised for the most part. They had one daughter still in college. They may have a wedding for her in the future, so they wanted to make sure they had that funded. But they had a know-it-all sibling, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. They knew that he was a know-it-all, but his strategy was very, very bad. (laughs) Best way I can put it. So his strategy was essentially looking at the best fund, the number one mutual fund in the world the previous year. 
So we're in 2021. His idea was, okay, I'm going to pick the winner last year, the number one fund for 2020, and I'm going to put all my money in that, thinking that it would repeat, right, in 2021 because it was on a hot streak. This is a terrible idea. This is a recipe for failure. Absolutely awful. And let me explain why. When it comes to mutual funds, typically the number one funds are sector funds. They may be very, very high risk. They may not be very well diversified. They may be, in fact, very concentrated. And that's why they had such high returns for a single year. So last year in 2020, there were some mutual funds, and you can go back and search yourself, but there was one in particular that was kind of like a technology fund and was up over 100%, well over 100%. And the sibling was telling Jill and her husband, put all of your daughter's college education invested in this fund because it was number one last year. And if the market does the same, well, his thinking was it would repeat and have a great 2021. And I told Jill and her husband, I would not recommend putting your daughter's college education on red or black. There's no way. And I think that's what your sibling is telling you to do. And I know you love your brother to death, but typically when you have a number one mutual fund, there was a reason why it did well that particular year. It may not be very diversified. As I said, mutual funds are kind of like the Miss America pageant. There's never a repeat winner. There's always a new one, right? You only win once. You only see one Miss America, and then she's done. She never repeats. They never have a back-to-back Miss America pageant winner, right? And the other reason this is a huge, huge mistake is it's a complete lack of diversification. So this sibling was trying to put all of his eggs in one basket, in one very concentrated mutual fund, and is completely disregarding kind of the rules and laws of diversification, kind of all your eggs in one basket. He's throwing that idea out the window. And essentially what he's doing is he's chasing short-term performance, right? And so if that's the whole idea, if you think your investment strategy should be, I'm going to find the previous number one fund, put all my money in that. What's going to end up happening is the next year, that number one fund is not going to be a number one fund. It's going to be a three-star fund, which is just kind of average. And so then you're going to be jumping to another fund. And so what people like who do this, they end up chasing performance and they end up with a lot of mediocre funds and they're not well diversified at all. And again, it's a recipe for failure. In my opinion, it's much better to have a portfolio of maybe eight different funds that are well diversified, meaning they're not just the same fund with a different name. So if they were the same fund, there would be a lot of overlap. In in other words, they would be owning the same things. But if they're different funds, they will give you the ability to be much more diversified and the funds will actually complement each other and make each other stronger because of that diversification. That's the whole idea. I'll give you an example. I ask my female clients all the time, why do you have so many shoes? It's interesting. They'll say, well, because I can't have all black shoes. Black doesn't go with everything. High heels are for special occasions. I may have flats for certain occasions. I have a pair of house slippers. I have my tennis shoes for going walking or jogging. Women even have rain boots 
right, for the nasty weather days. So women understand diversification. I promise you, just look in their shoe closet. There's one more example of diversification that I absolutely love. And it was a story of this guy who he bought his dream house on a golf course. And it backed up to the, I believe it was the eighth hole. And what he found was he he came home and he had this big picture window that actually looked over the greens. And he came home one day and the window, that picture window, big, beautiful picture window, a golfer had hit a golf ball through it and shattered the window. So called the window company. It was going to be a couple thousand dollars to replace that picture window. So he did it. He just paid up, came home about two weeks later after replacing it. Same thing happened. The window was cracked. A golfer had hit a golf ball, broke the picture window. So he got smart. He got thinking about it and said, hmm, every time I replace this picture window, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars. And it seems to happen quite frequently. So he said, what if I had multiple window frames within the picture window. And so he called the window company. The guy came out and he said, yeah, you can have little, little windows within the big picture window. And so then if a golfer ever hits that window, you'd only have to replace a smaller section of the window and it costs you very little money instead of replacing the whole huge picture window, which would cost you a couple thousand dollars. Guess what? He did it. And so it's happened again, but he only has to replace that small portion of the window. That's diversification. So I hope this episode has been helpful. Again, recipes for failure. Number one, trying to time the market, trying to dive in, dive out, trying to time the market like that is a recipe for failure. I've seen people try to do it over and over again, and they're always, always, always unsuccessful. And every person that I have ever seen that's been a successful investor has stuck with a long-term investment strategy, a long-term plan. Every unsuccessful investor I've ever seen has always reacted to short-term events. And a lot of times it's because of panic and fear and they don't know what to do. So please, please, please stick with your long-term plan and just kind of have some patience. The other thing is please don't chase short-term performance. I had mentioned a story of an example of someone who was chasing last year's best performing mutual fund, that is, you know, for 2020. So they put all their money in that fund for 2021. The same thing, I have heard people trying to say, okay, well, this investment had the best performance last month, which was in August. So now I'm going to put all my money into that investment for September. That, in my opinion, is another example of a recipe for failure. Chasing short-term performance just doesn't work out over the long term. And by doing that, a lot of times you're forgetting the rule of diversification, which we talked about. So diversification is so, so important for a long-term portfolio. So I hope today's discussion has helped. If you have questions, visit my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next week for another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. And remember, always dream big. 
The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC.